Welcome to the Badass Broadcast, the podcast about badass broads. I'm Carrie. I'm Shalom. And this is where we talk about um, really cool ladies and women and chicks and girls throughout the past, <laughs> I don't know, centuries. Is that like a super cheesy way to describe it? Yes. <laughs> um, just women who have done kick-ass things, basically. Yeah. Um, I think and boy, do I have a doozy today. So, <laughs> have you been uh, binging anything um, this week? Well, since you gave me your Prime password, <laughs> I've still been watching it. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Um, I forgot I had done that. <laughs> I really only meant to use it temporarily, but I've been using it, and I've been uh, re-binging uh, Chicago Fire. Oh, my gosh. How but they they, they only have four seasons on Prime, which is really annoying. Um, I mean, it's from like they started, I think, 2014 or something like that. Okay. So it's not super old. But yeah, so I binged those and then I started on Chicago PD. Because <laughs> it's somewhat familiar All about characters. about the Dick Wolf shows. <laughs> the Chicago ones I like. Um, uh, yeah. And what else have I been binging? Oh, just same old true crime stuff. Okay. Got a background choir with dogs here. <laughs> Our security team is on duty. <laughs> exactly. They're just doing their job, right? Yes. You know, he stands outside the bathroom and guards me when I take a shower. I know. <laughs> or go to the bathroom. I'll come outside. He's old and tired, but I'll come out, out after having a shower and he's literally like, Either standing outside the shower or standing right here by my bedroom door. And I just, I literally just have to tell him, okay, I'm good. You can, <laughs> and then as soon as he sees that I'm safe, he'll go and lie down. He's done that since he was very little. And he's all like, he's so tiny and non-threatening <laughs> that oh, if there was an intruder. I, I think, I, I think he would, um, I think he would pull it all out. If, oh, he would fight to the death for sure. Oh, but. yeah. He's so funny. <laughs> You're his pack leader. <laughs> he knows I'm vulnerable when I go to the bathroom. So <laughs> it's so funny. Also, maybe because he thinks it's it's so scary for him because he hates the tub. So oh, he must oh. be terrible for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to he's make sympathizing. you. Oh, he's so, so stoic cute. and... Um, Nothing phases him, but every once in a while, there you get this little glimpse into like mm-hmm. how much he actually cares. <laughs> it's so cute in his own little doggy way. That's cute. Yeah. I've been okay. So last week, someone had mentioned on a podcast something about strangers on a train, and you know the classic. Like, I I've always heard the reference. I've always like known what it means and the plot line and stuff like that but i've never read it i've never watched it the movie like the agatha christie agatha christie no it's really old book i don't think it's agatha christie i have it on my phone but i'm currently listening to it and i think it might be because i think i read it back in the day when i was on patricia highsmith okay but sounds like an agatha christie thing i'm sure she did something like that I think it's older than Agatha Christie. Work. Maybe. But anyway, I, um, yeah. And then someone else said it on a TV show and then someone said it in real life over the course of like two days. It was 
brought to my attention three times. Ugh. And then I opened my app that gives me like really good deals on audiobooks. Not going to name them because they're not paying me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I opened it up. And it like one of the deals was strangers on a train. So I'm like, I have to. It's kismet. Oh, I I, have to. I love when that happens. So I bought it and I'm listening to it right now. It's so fun. And the guy does different voices and stuff. And I'm like, I always thought it would be really fun to be like, do the voice recording for audio. Oh, audiobooks, yeah. But I don't do voices. And I'm like, I'm sure I could, but I'm like really inconsistent. So I totally fade out like halfway through a conversation. So, yeah, but I'd love to do, I would love to do. So if there's any I would love to do that. voice agents out there looking for a new client. Uh, <laughs> I think it takes a little bit more <laughs> than just mentioning it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I well, uh, I've been told that for years that I have a good voice, and just randomly people would be like, "Oh, you should do voice acting," or something. Maybe that was their way of saying like, "You do not have a face for acting," or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm you like, have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. So who am I, I to talk? I don't know. We have the same face, basically. I know. Um. But no, I I don't know. But I I when I listen back to the these episodes, I can't stand the sound of my voice. <laughs> I get so mad. I'm like, oh, that's such an ugly voice. But I don't know. Maybe it's I just don't mind I my grow I on me. I don't mind my um, voice. I actually kind of enjoy like listening to. I could just get caught up, and even when I'm listening to what I just talked about the day before when I'm editing. I actually get caught up in it. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's kind of enjoyable. Me too. When I, like, if I'm telling the story, then I get caught up in the story and I forget that it's me telling me the story. <laughs> it's a little surreal. Like, yeah, but uh, overall, I don't like my voice. But I would love to because I like, I love acting and I love um talking and shit but you know with a little more practice you could oh um, definitely it would take like just hone that skill yeah and train your voice that way so i did something um well the other day like all all stores are like you know limited and what you can buy there or whatever but yeah i was just kind of in this mood where i just wanted to go into a store and just kind of browse and i don't do that a lot yeah even in normal times um But where where we are, thrift stores are fully open, so you can you, when did you that can happen? buy. I think it's been all along since they shut down the non-essential no, stuff. No, 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 because there was there was some time there when it wasn't very long though. It's been it's been a while now that I've I've okay. known that you could do this. I just haven't done it. So I went into a thrift store, and uh, I didn't like browse around everything. I just wanted some books because I hadn't bought any books, any new books in a long time, and I love books and. It's been a while since I've indulged that, you mm-hmm. know, I want to buy a book. And then, of course, you go there and it's like, buy four, get one free. Did you? So, oh, yes, always. Every time I buy books there, I have to get five. <laughs> okay. Minimum. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I got some some books and I just like, I don't know when I'll ever read them, but I enjoyed well, getting them. 
I look forward to rating them and putting them on my bookshelf for six months before I give it back to you. <laughs> That's you still have some of mine? You probably still I do. Have. I have a couple, I think, that are yours. I need but... to create like a library sign-out system. Well, no, because I think what happened was when I moved back here, I didn't have any books. And then you moved shortly after, and so I helped you kind of clear out your book collection, and we got rid of a bunch. And out of that bunch, I took a bunch. I took like a handful. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think I think there are ones that you've already thrown away. But I'll I'll you know you better check double with check. you before <laughs> I pass them on to the next. But I really love those uh, sidewalk libraries. Have you seen those? I've seen them. I haven't actually looked up close or taken advantage oh, of them. But when I lived downtown Calgary, I did that all the time. I loved it because I walked everywhere, and so there's so many. Sorry, so many of them lined up, like, um, like everywhere I walked, I would run into a few. So I, yeah, I love those. So I always um, grab them. Speaking of the library, apparently, the library here in town has um, decided to do away with all late fees. Ooh. And if you have late fees already on file, they have waived them. Where did they get their money from? Just donors. How do libraries the city, operate? Maybe I don't know. That's wild. But apparently, this has been uh, something. It's a precedented in other cities. Um, but mm. yeah, they just started, and I was like, "Woohoo!" Because I think I had some fines <laughs> on file <laughs> from years wow. back. I had one that built up to like eighteen dollars once when I was a teenager. <laughs> I was like, "I don't even know where this book is." <laughs> but they they would always cap it. There was always a maximum. Yeah, I think. Or they would like, just charge you like they just had like a fee to replace it or to yeah. purchase it basically so they're still going to do that if you just don't return it at all then you still have to pay for the book oh yeah yeah okay. but you, there's no late fees that's good to return you know what it. um um public service announcement uh if you at least i know in canada most cities have like so much more than books in a building that you go to, you know? So if you have a library card, I know Winnipeg does this, Calgary does this, I believe Toronto does this and all that. But um, if you have a library card, you can go online and there's so there's just a plethora of resources there that you can sign up for. You can do like, what's it called, that language one? Rosetta Stone. You can oh, get yeah? Rosetta Stone. You can take a ton of um, entry-level courses, like office admin courses, all that kind of stuff. Um, I went through the library once I didn't have a job and I was on EI years ago and I went to like a resume building workshop in the library one night and it was just like the coolest thing. They set up so many things other than just going and renting a book, which I didn't realize until at that point, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've primarily just used it in the past for getting books or CDs or movies or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, I should just get a card and. You don't have one? It. Well, I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I had one at one okay. point, but I don't know. Nice. It's yeah. probably, probably doesn't exist anymore. That's anyway. Um, let's do this yeah, shit. Let's get on with this. What are you doing this week? So today we're going to switch things up a little. What? We're going to talk about a man. <gasps> no, we're not. Or was he? What? Okay, what's the name? So let's just start with a, a girl named Sarah Emma Evelyn Edmondson. 
um, or just Sarah Emma Edmonds. Uh, she was born in December 1841 on a farm in, uh, I practiced this, Megaguadavik, New Brunswick. Okay. Um, Wait, is this from the book that you showed me that was like Canadian women? No. <laughs> okay. No, that was one book that I picked up the other day. I haven't even cracked the cover. Oh, okay. Um, so she was born uh, the youngest of six children. She had four older sisters, one brother. Her father wanted sons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. And he ended up with five daughters and one weak, sickly son who couldn't <sighs> help him out on the farm. Yeah. Um, and then, and then after the son comes Sarah and, or she went by Emma when okay. she was younger. So along comes Emma and she's all, she's tough and adventurous and strong. And, um, she masters, uh, horses and, uh, she's a crack shot and a strong swimmer. So she's really, she's trying to sort of, I guess, like earn her father's approval, but it doesn't work. He's just really resentful of the fact that she's a girl and she was, you know, really, he was just really, really wishing that she was a boy. So he Mm -hmm. treated her and and everybody in the family, like basically like dirt. He was very abusive and controlling. Um, But like I said, she grew up to be quite accomplished um, with a gun and horses and everything. Um, When she was a teenager, her father wanted to arrange a marriage with an older, creepy widow. Ugh. You know, he used to stand, apparently he used to just watch her work in the field, (gasps) just like stand there and watch her. And she's like, yeah, not having this. So at 15 with, apparently with her mother's help, who'd also been a teenage bride to this guy. Who was older, I'm assuming. Um, Her father. Most likely, yes. Um, So with her mother's help, she actually escaped and she went to live with a family friend in Salisbury, uh, New Brunswick, and uh, helped out in... uh, I guess this person owned a Milner shop, which is like ladies' hats. Oh, so she you went can do to like a whole shop with just ladies' hats. Back then, you could. Eighteen forty-one. Hello, everyone. Or eighteen fifties. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, right? You had to have a hat, multiple hats, I guess. Yeah. So within a year, apparently, she was co-owner of a hat shop in Moncton. Wow. So she's got some Wait, smarts to her. How old is she now? Like sixteen. Sixteen. Um. So her father found out where she was, tried to drag her back home, and uh, instead she's like, no, I'm not coming back with you. <coughs> and uh, she took off instead and went to St. John, New Brunswick, not okay. to be confused with St. John's, Newfoundland. Yes, Saint I know. John, I New Brunswick. I took Canadian geography as well. <laughs> I know, but maybe not all of our <laughs> listeners have. But St. John, New Brunswick is the capital, right? I, either that or Moncton, I don't know, I can't remember. And then St. John's, Newfoundland is St. John's, capital. Newfoundland is the capital. I'm pretty sure Moncton is the capital of New Brunswick, though. I'm trying, I'm going back to my high school uh, geography class with the maps. I don't think I agree with you, but I'm going to see. Okay, look it up. So... At this point, um, no, a few years earlier, there had been a peddler who, you know, back then a peddler would come by, you know, with a wagon full of stuff to sell, right? Like you wouldn't go shopping all the time. You would like, peddlers would have like the newest and latest stuff. 
Was I right? Sorry, we're both wrong. It's Fredericton. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So okay. peddlers, that reminds me of, have you seen Secondhand Lions? Yeah, you've seen Yes. It, where like these two old men are sitting on, men are like rumored to be super rich. And they're sitting oh, yeah. on the front porch and all these peddlers come through and they just pull out their shotguns and shoot at everyone that's yeah. By. I guess that's it's a really fun. Mo- kind of like montage. the uh, later version of like the more twentieth century version of that, like the traveling salesman. Yeah, um, but the peddler would have like a little bit of everything. Traveling salesman, like in the I don't know thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, whatever, they kind of specialize in one thing. Yeah, but uh, a peddler would have like a little bit of everything, right? So you could kind of browse his wagon and find like little treasures to buy, right? So it's like a convenience store on wheels. Yeah. Yes, basically. That's a um, good idea for like a, instead of a food and cut, I was just a food think, truck, you yeah. could just do like a peddler something. A dollar store on wheels. Oh my um, God. <laughs> TM. <laughs> Put my business degree to work. <laughs> Trademark. Just no one else is allowed to take that. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, anyway, a few years earlier, he had um, given... Uh, Emma a book about I can't I didn't get the title of it but it was about uh, I believe it was fiction though I'm pretty sure it was fiction about a teenage girl named Fanny Campbell who had dressed up as a man to travel the world to rescue her sweetheart from a band of pirates okay wait who gave her this book a peddler I guess like like the regular guy who would come around once in a while kind of got to know her I was thinking her dad and then I'm like no no I think it was kind of like surreptitiously like okay. under the table he probably gotcha. wouldn't have approved yeah i'm sure. guessing adventurous girls <laughs> no thank you um so so she got she got this idea so she um when she went to saint john she decided that life would be easier if she dressed like a man mm. so she did that she cut her hair mm-hmm. and she dressed like a man and if you look at pictures of her she has kind of like a not like a dainty, pretty little girly face. Like she's still, she's pretty, mm-hmm. but she has like the larger kind of stronger face, okay. which if you're dressed like a man and you have those kind of features, you could easily pass for a yeah. man. Um, perhaps a more daintier man, like a more effeminate kind of looking yeah. man, but more of a masculine looking female. So, Dude, I could totally pass for a man. There's a, yeah. these filters on Snapchat where you can like see yourself as a girl or see yourself as a man. I do the man thing. I'm like, damn, I'd date that. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm hot. It, was like, it gives you stubble around the face and it kind of squares that. out your jaw. I freaking look so much like dad or like it some was of disturbing. our cousins. <laughs> I know. I mean, in but I was obviously better looking. I would never date one of my cousins. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, later on, she said about her disguise, um, I think this is quote, I think I was born into this world with some dormant antagonism toward men. My infant soul was impressed with a sense of my mother's endured wrongs. And I probably drew from her breast with my daily food, my love of independence and my hatred of male tyranny. Oh. Girl, I so, feel you. Like I, I get the impression that her mother had a bit of an independent streak and she just felt like she was stuck yeah. like with six children. Like, what are you gonna do? What's she gonna do? 
the middle yeah, of the... Yeah, because there were also no resources for a woman who was being abused back then. She yeah. couldn't turn to She's government help or anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she must have been pretty independent if she was able to or strong enough to help her daughter escape. Like she like saw, she's like, I can't escape, but I can help you escape. To prevent. Yeah. yeah. To come to freedom. Now I don't know what That's happened awesome. with like her older sisters, but obviously yeah. she saw something in Emma that was mm-hmm. like, I need to like, similar, stubborn. I need to help this. Yeah. Help this girl um escape. So Yeah. Kudos to her mom. So um in St. John, she got a job as a Bible salesman. Now, she did grow up like in a Christian home. I mean, religious home. So, um, and she kept that faith. She um, maintained her beliefs like throughout her entire life. Um, But yeah, she got on, she got a job as a Bible salesman and apparently she did very well. Um, And eventually she made her way down into the States and over to Flint, Michigan. Oh, we know Flint for a, du- a different reason. Different reason these days. Um, I'm sure the water was better back then. Probably. So when the Civil War broke out, she kind of got caught up in the excitement and the sense of duty. Like this is like her adopted country now, America. And um, she decided to volunteer. And I'm assuming that there was probably some peer pressure as well. She's a young man. Oh, and war she's breaks a young out. Man, yeah. um, oh, and her name is Frank Thompson. So from now on, she's Frank Thompson for the next little while. So, um, yeah, I imagine there was some peer pressure just being that, you know, all able-bodied young men were expected to kind of sign up and and join the fight. So she tried. um, At first, she was too short at 5'6". But um, which I'm thinking for those days is probably quite tall for a woman. Because I think people yeah. in general were a little shorter. That's what I've heard. So five six for a woman would have been a good height. But I mean, it's a it's still, still too short on for the taller end now. Yeah, it's it's not overly tall, but it's not like petite. Mm-hmm. Like I'm five seven. You're what five seven five, five eight. eight. Um, but then shortly after, height standards were lowered because they just wanted bodies, right? So, yeah. so she tried again two weeks later, and uh, there was no thorough physical examination. Oh, she thought that there might be, like, according to the rules, apparently there was supposed to be, um, but they were just like too slammed with new recruits mm-hmm. to make t- a proper physical exam. So it's basically just like make sure you've got your eyes, your teeth, your hands, you know, you can shoot, you can you got a strong handshake and welcome aboard kind of thing. Dude, I got to say when <laughs> I was when I was I got boobs when I was 10, when I when I was a kid, I would freaking wrap down those boobs with saran wrap. I tried so hard and Really? Yeah, but by the time I hit seventh grade, I was rocking D's, so I couldn't even. I could not pull this off because yeah. I mean, there's no way I could hide the fact that I'm a woman. Like these things are, yeah, yeah, not good. So, um, in keeping with her religious beliefs, she was um, more on the pacifist side. So she signed up as a male nurse, mm-hmm. um, not to actually fight. Um, but she was still, you know, like with her unit mm-hmm. and still did all the training and stuff like that. She didn't, but she didn't, just, just didn't want to be in direct conflict. Um, 
So her unit fought at several battles, uh, the more famous ones like the Second Battle of Bull Run, Fredericksburg, Antietam. Um, apparently she was an excellent nurse. Um, she just kind of had these natural ability and she, she talks about it too, how she just kind of got this natural affinity for nursing. Same with her mother. She took after her mother in that way. Was her mom a nurse? I don't know if she was officially a nurse. Maybe at some point she was, but, um, I can't see her having a job or being allowed to have a job outside yeah. the home, but maybe she just had, you know, great nursing. Like her, her son was sick. Yeah, that's true. So she would have had to have nursing skills. Um, so wait, is she still in Michigan? She's in, yes, yes, at this point she's still in Michigan. Okay. I mean, when she signs up, she is. Yeah. So she's traveling all over with her unit, whatever. Um, her fellow soldiers kind of took note of her effeminate looks and small feet, like she had tiny little boots because she had small feet, right? And they called her um, their little woman just as a joke ah. because <laughs> because he was so effeminate as Frank. Um, but nobody truly suspected the truth. Yeah. Um, and there was like her tent mate um, at one point. His name was Damon Stewart. He he thought that there was something off about about Frank. Um, but he thought it was more so that he had lied about his age. Okay. And was just like a younger teenage boy. Oh, totally. How old is she at this point? I, I'm guessing late teens, I think. I'm not okay. sure. It doesn't say. Yeah. Um, well, 1861. So 20. Okay. 20. She signed up in 1861. So, um, so he kind of took Frank under his wing and just protected him and guided him, you know. And then because Damon was respected, everybody else kind of like respected or or at least treated this young Frank with, uh, you know, didn't didn't yeah. give him a hard time or whatever. Yeah. Um, now, at some point, I'm not sure, I couldn't find where in the timeline this exactly happened, but she developed a friendship with a soldier. I think he might have been like recovering or something like that while she was working in the hospital uh, named Jerome something or something Jerome. And they became very, very close. Okay. Like very, like tight. Like how close? Like she <laughs> fell in love with him. Did he? And he, and, and there was like um, some evidence that he kind of had like some like really kind of close feelings for him for Frank. Um, and it got but to the like point he didn't know. No. And I mean, at one point they even slept, had a nap in the same bed together. Yeah. And, it, and at one point she, it would just got to the point where she's like, I have to tell him. Yeah. So she told him, she confessed to him and confided in him that she was actually a woman and she was in love with him. Oh my and, God. And I guess he was just so weirded out by that. And like, if, if maybe if they had met and she was a woman when they met, it would have worked out, but he, I think he was just oh so, goodness. he couldn't get around the whole like dual yeah. personality gender thing. That's um, so sad. That um, they kind of went their separate ways, but he never revealed they her never secret. Revealed. That's good. So, um, so at some point, I think it was in 1862, she was appointed postmaster of her brigade. Oh, wow. Um, and became a courier, mm-hmm. which just basically meant that she, you know, yeah. Um, mail room. Uh, no, uh, like she traveled up to 40 kilometers per day on horseback to deliver yeah, letters and packages, I mean, which was a dangerous job. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Cause when I was just point, thinking it's the, the mail room clerk version of that time. Yeah. But, basically. but, but not like, but not playing it safe in any way. Yeah. Cause you're, you're a target. You're 
traveling yeah. back and forth. Because communication alone. is like the biggest. Yeah. And if thing. you're and if you're traveling alone on horseback, you're a target, especially if the Confederates know that you are, you know, suspect that you have letters mm-hmm. containing information. So at one point she had come across uh, scattered papers on the road where her predecessor had been shot and killed <gasps> the day before. So um, she knew she was in, it was a dangerous job that she was taking on, but yeah. she she did it with uh, gusto. Um, at one point, uh, something happened to her horse and she was like she ended up like on a mule okay. instead of a horse, but she still had to get the job done. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know if like the road was slippery from rain or something, but somehow the mule tripped or something, lost its footing she fell off into the ditch and then the mule fell over on top of her and she broke her leg. And one, one article I read said she had some internal injuries, but she, she was like, I can't go to the military hospital. They're going to find oh out who God. I am. They're going to find out my secret. So she just wrapped her leg up the best she could. She tended it herself. Oh my God. Gangrene. And she just, no, she didn't. <gasps> She just kind of like kept on going and just worked through it, like just yeah, dealt with it. Yeah, um, and it did give her problems for the rest of her life. Like she never full, like it never healed properly, so she didn't have like. I think she limped like the rest of her life. Or Dude, something she like could have just like swiped a dress and gone to the real hospital. Well, just <laughs> wait. Um, so. So after this, she's, you know, she's like the courier for a while. And then um, apparently a, um, a union spy was hanged. And so then they needed new spies or a new spy. She just volunteered. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll do some spy work. I'll, I'll be, in, I'll do some espionage. She probably also, because she um, is so petite, she probably looks less imposing, less dangerous, more trustworthy. Maybe. So to do little things like that, like she could probably sneak around a little better, you know? Maybe. But she's just got she just got these like guts, man. So so when she goes into awesome. interview for um she goes through the selection process to become a spy. Mm-hmm. And again, they didn't do a, f- a full physical examination. They they did what's called phrenology. Where they like examined her skull and like all these dents and bumps That's and stuff so were supposed to tell you things about your character and your ability to handle certain things. Like this, this was like a science in quotations back then. And, and so that's what they did. And they determined that she was honorable and courageous and intelligent and, or he, Frank, was all these, had all these qualities of like honesty and all this kind of like, really? Honesty. Honesty, hey? <laughs> I mean, you had me at, like, courage and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, no, like, but, like, yeah, it's just it's just a whole lot of BS. But uh, she was accepted for the job. Her first assignment was to cross the lines dressed as a slave man named Cuff. And the way she did this was she used silver nitrate to darken her skin. I'm not familiar. Silver nitrate nowadays, I looked it up. I did a bit of a dive into this. Nowadays, it's used in like medical treatment. Um, there are there are healing antibiotic properties in silver. Mm-hmm. Like I have colloidal silver spray that I used on my dog and he got better from an infection. Um, and you can use it for, you know, like a yeah. natural remedy. 
Um, but it's well known that silver has some healing properties. So silver nitrate is used for that, even in this day and age. Mm-hmm. But it does stain your skin dark. Okay. And it takes, it's water soluble. Like it, it will come off like with water, like over time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, like she stained her, her face and her arms like black and um, crossed the lines. Okay, to- wait. Do you remember when our sister did blackface? In elementary school. Okay, this is not Vaguely. not funny, but it's hilarious because it was the 90s well, it and a different not time a thing. and a different it was understanding. Not a thing back then. I didn't know. Well, I mean, it was always a thing, no, but no. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about how controversial I it wouldn't, is. No, but didn't no, even okay. Care. Like, what was there she is playing? a backstory, though. For Halloween, she wanted to be her favorite TV character Ooh. was Steve Urkel. So she already had the geeky glasses. And mom, like, she just, like, mom put, like, suspenders on her to, like, pull her jeans up and, like, you know, make her look like the quintessential geek or whatever. And then (coughs) she put, I think it was Vaseline or Noxema or something with cocoa powder. Mm. And, (laughs) I mean, now it's so cringy and we go, like... I would never do that to my child. I would no, never. No, it wasn't even a thought, but, though. Yeah, it was not even a thought in, like, suburban Canada. You know, it was just like, oh, she's Steve Urkel today. Absolutely <laughs> like, not a single ounce of... Uh, no controversy. Uh, racial... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hatred uh, or no, like, yeah. not even close. She just loves Steve Urkel. Yeah, just... <laughs> When your kid in elementary yeah. school is like, I want to be Beyonce today, like yeah. for Halloween, like uh, you'd have to like nowadays, of course, you'd have to find a way to like put her in an iconic Beyonce dress with iconic Beyonce hair, but without the skin color change. Yeah. Which is fine. But back then. Anyway. So, funny. so she joins a, a uh, crew uh, of slaves. Who are just doing basically hard, sweaty labor, of course, hauling gravel. Wait, did they know that she's... No. Oh. So over time, like, it's it's sweaty. She's sweating. The black starts to wear off. And uh, and uh, some one of them mentioned that, like, uh, she's turning white or something like that. She's like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured this might happen. My mom is white or something like that. Like... Oh my just God. kind of brushed it off. But then she did manage to trade jobs with another slave. And for the next two days, she hauled water all over the camp. Yeah. So she kind of got a layout of the camp. She was like just watching and listening. And uh, she actually managed to draw some rough sketches of the camp layout. Yeah. And then um, on the third night, like in the middle of the night, um, they got the slaves up, put a musket in their hands, put them on the picket lines or whatever. and uh, And she's just like, Okay, I'm done. She just slipped away into the darkness and went over to her own camp. Oh, my God. And uh, the information that she brought back actually enabled them to bombard the rebel fortifications with such accuracy that they were forced to abandon camp. (laughs) So first spy job, well done. So she did uh, multiple other assignments, um, including an Irish peddler woman named uh, Bridget O'Shea. And apparently they thought that she did kind of a little too good a job playing a woman, <laughs> like her fellow soldiers. <laughs> really, you make a really good woman, actually. Um, 
a again she went uh, with the silver nitrate uh, as a black laundress, mm-hmm. so a laundry woman. But that was parlayed into a cooking gig. Either either that or it was two separate jobs. I'm not sure. But she ended up cooking in the house, um, which put her within, uh, like, very close to, like, General Robert E. Lee. So she was ma- able to get, like, lots wow. of information and just bring it back. But um, also, uh, one thing I forgot to mention after she first signed up, mm-hmm. one thing that she was really careful to do was make sure that they didn't know that she was good at, like, domestic chores. Okay. Um, so she kind of stayed away from sewing and cooking because no men would be good at that back in those days or, you know, kind of, maybe she kind of like fumbled her way through it and pretended she wasn't good at it or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so at one point, um, some, some of her, her, um, the adventures kind of come from her, uh, own book that she wrote later. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, so there's there's a, a little bit of skepticism as to the actual truth of them. But there are uh, records available uh, stating that like when on the dates that kind of coincided when, with when she said she was doing these particular things, that mm-hmm. she was away from her unit, but on duty. Mm-hmm. And then there was like some other general that kind of mentioned um, Frank Thompson and his espionage so so there is some evidence that she actually did do this but then some other sources say it's speculative as to whether or not she actually did these now maybe she kind of improved the truth a little when she wrote the book (laughs) um but regardless she was uh she was a spy and apparently she came across now this might come from her book came across a dying young young soldier who revealed to her um his own secret that he was also a woman. What? No. And uh, and she, and <laughs> half she, her brigade is this, actually women. <laughs> this young woman had signed up to be with her older brother, her only brother, oh. and uh, he had died. He had been killed in battle earlier that day, and I guess she was wounded too. So Sarah had uh, or Emma had um, Frank promised to <laughs> bury her without a funeral or like. A, casket or anything just buried her in a blanket and just left her there and um so she wouldn't be found out but this was a thing did she reveal herself back to her i'm not sure that would have been dope maybe dude so am i (laughs) i I would think she's dying right um but apparently this was a thing Mm. and apparently there were over around 600 women who no way who dressed up as men, signed on on both sides. Yeah. It was a thing to either be with their husbands or for money purposes, to make money, or just for adventure, you know, because you mm. couldn't do that kind of stuff as a woman. You couldn't travel easily. You couldn't, you couldn't get any kind of work that you wanted. Like, it was just a, a way of, you know, yeah. having some adventure in your life without the constriction of being a woman. You, know. you definitely couldn't do that now. Like, it's hard enough finding, like, especially, like, to join the army and then changing your entire but see, identity. But see, here, now you don't need to. You can join as a woman. Yes, I, I understand that, Kara. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you wanted to um, be someone else, like, it's harder to get, like, 
a fake I- or use a fake identity because yeah, the government yeah, would because easily I mean, track you down. But I'm yeah. just saying, like back then, you wouldn't have you didn't have like yeah. a federal identity. You didn't have like a driver's license. You didn't have all that kind of stuff. You could just yeah. be like, oh, I'm so and so now. You literally would just <laughs> move half a town yes. over, not even like exactly. move to the next town, but like. Yeah. So, um, so uh, there's all kinds of spying stories of, of uh, what she did. But at one point, she went spying again, um, dressed as a young Kentucky lad, crashed a wedding looking for something to eat—a Confederate wedding—and uh, the groom apparently was a Confederate um, general or some kind of officer, and uh, he was construct. Frank was constript- conscripted. Into the Confederate Army. <gasps> so good. Yeah. So basically they locked him in a room <gasps> and, and, to, and basically forced, forced him to, to uh, yeah. sign up. So the next day, she, she... I keep going back and forth between she and he because she's not actually understand. being a man. She's yeah. not living her life. She's just she's doing not trans. it because... She's just... It's a cover. Yeah. yeah. It's a cover. I, I get it. We get it. So <laughs> basically the next day, um, I'm going to say she because she wasn't actually a he. So she was um, found herself like in a cavalry group, I guess, um, charging at her union brothers. And so she kind of like, remember, she's really good with horses. So she kind of pretends her horse is like gone crazy and she's out of control and she can't control him. And, uh, and he's taken off towards the union side. And, uh, and when she gets over to the union side, her, her, uh, comrades, uh, recognize her and they welcome her back. So then she turns around. Now she's fighting with the union army against the same Confederate army that oh, she had just good. been in. And, um, but then this, this, uh, this general, I'm pretty sure it was a general, um, sees her coming back the other way <laughs> in the Union Army. And he gets so angry and he goes at her with, the, with his uh, big sword or bayonet or whatever. And she apparently, now th- this is uh, contested as well, but apparently she shot him in the face with her pistol. Oh. Didn't kill him, but she emptied Just the contents of her off? gun. Yeah. And, uh, and then, every, and then they all kind of like chased her down and, and, um, uh, she, she managed to get out unscathed, but her horse was injured. Um, but yeah, they like all the Confederate, uh, yeah. group or whatever kind of went at her. So they basically told her that she couldn't spy anymore because she was too recognizable. <laughs> Cause everyone knew who she was. Yeah. But she did, she did uh. one last job as uh, Charles Mayberry to break up a Confederate spy ring. Um, and that was a success. But after that, she went back to nursing work and, um, while posted to a military hospital near Vicksburg, Miss- Mississippi, she contracted malaria. Mm. And at this point she knew that she needed treatment but again, knowing that she couldn't, she couldn't go to a military hospital yeah. without being discovered. Um, she left her unit. She traveled to Pittsburgh, put on a dress, and went into a private hospital for treatment. Okay. Um, fully intending to rejoin her unit afterwards, yeah. after she recovered. So um, she recovers from malaria. She's basically on her way to rejoin her, her uni- unit. And uh, she sees a wanted poster for Frank Thompson for desertion. Oh, gosh. Which is punishable by death. (gasps) 
Oh my so God. she's like, well, I guess that's that. Um, so, uh, but she wasn't done with helping with the war effort though. She went to DC and, uh, just, um, went back to being a, a woman at this point. She went, she began going by Sarah Edmonds. Okay. Her birth name was Edmondson. She shortened it to Edmonds. Okay. Um, so she serves out the rest of the war as a nurse with the United States Christian Commission, which was like a, an organization that had been started um, after, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember which battle it was, but after a very deadly battle. And uh, to basically serve, help, um, you know, with recovery, wounded mm-hmm. soldiers. Um, and they worked alongside the United States Sanitary Commission. Which I kind of looked up because I was like, sanitary, sanitary, why that word? But really, I mean, it comes down to, it comes back to like health. It comes from the Latin word. Oh, okay. Sanitas, which okay. is health or the verb sanos, uh, to heal. So, um, and then and like after that, like you, late 19th century, early 20th century, you had sanatoriums, which was where, yeah. you know, tuberculosis yeah. patients would go to recover. Um uh, so basically that's where that word sanit and not like now we think of sanitary as like clean. ultra clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or sanitary napkins. <laughs> <laughs> sanitary yeah, products. I was like, why is that so familiar? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that it was, it was, uh, basically just to, to help with the, uh, the soldiers who had been wounded mm. or were otherwise sick. Um, cause yeah, it wasn't just bullet wounds. <laughs> yeah. They got sick from other things too. Um, I bet, like the fighting in the war, it wouldn't have been very so, sanitary conditions. <laughs> it's so unhygienic. It's so yes, gross. Um, so in 1865, she publishes her book "Nurse and Spy in the Union Army," comprising the adventures and experiences of a woman in hospitals, camps, and battlefields. I just love titles of books back in the day. Okay, wait, what is it? Can you repeat it? Nurse and Spy in the Union Army, comprising the adventures and experiences of a woman in hospitals, camps, and battlefields. Oh, so she finally comes out? Well, not officially. I mean, she wrote the book, yes. She doesn't say, I'm Frank Thompson, no, because obviously she doesn't. she'd be killed. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that worked, because really, 1865, that's barely the end of the war. Yeah. Um, but still, her identity... Maybe she used a false name. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, she donates all proceeds to the U.S. War Relief Fund, which I guess, you know, I, I don't understand hmm. these people who donate all the proceeds of this work that I've been put into, you know, in the last years, all the proceeds to some <laughs> yeah, charity. No. I'm like, okay, you know what? Half, Half. the pro- <laughs> proceeds. Because you say all of them. Yeah. And then it becomes a bestseller. And then you're left destitute at the end of your life because you, because yeah. you donated everything. Yeah. And then like, what's next? Like, it's one thing to be charitable and donate to a cause that you believe in, <laughs> but I would never ever Look, do that. Great for her for doing that shit. And anyone who does that, wow, you deserve an applause. But I will not. Do no, that. I will shake my head <laughs> and roll my eyes at you. Um, it's, no, same, no, no. it's the same principle as finding a, a hugely significant historical item and then donating it to a museum. It. No, I'm sorry. If I find no. something, you're paying me top dollar for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, like, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> don't come down so hard on people who are like extremely generous. Maybe she was already well off and like, but she was taken care of. No, okay, no. okay. I don't know what the hell. And I'm she never, about. and she never did become so. Okay, that so sucks. after the war, she returns to Canada with a fellow New Brunswicker that she had met named Linus Seeley. Ooh, they met and fell in love at the hospital. I'm not sure if he was like working at the hospital. Or if he was a patient, I'm not sure. But anyway, she met him and uh, they fell in love. They married. They returned back to the U.S. Wait, how old? Um, well, she'd be like mid-20s, I guess. Okay. Um, so they married. They, they moved back to the U.S. Um, they had three boys, uh, one of whom died in infancy. One of them died in early childhood. So only oh. one of them grew to adulthood. But... Um, the surviving son, when he was a young man, he joined the army to be like his mama. Oh, was his dad in the army too? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but as she grew older, her deserter status always kind of bothered her and it kind of like, just like weighed on her because yeah. she didn't intend to desert. Yeah. And she didn't like having that on her record. Yeah. Even though it wasn't her record. Not her like, there's as no Sarah. way they would have known her. Like, no. But uh, this was such a significant period of her life, though, where yeah. she was Frank Thompson. Yeah. Um, so she was very, it just, like, it, it really weighed on her because she's, like, a woman of character and honesty, honesty. and <laughs> courage. And <laughs> I mean, just look at her skull. That will tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> Now I want to get my <laughs> skull examined. What's it called again? For, Fr- phrenology. Okay. P H R E. Yeah. Um, Should I shave my head? <laughs> okay. My hairdresser literally told me to shave my head once, and I got so mad at him because I was like, "You can do anything you want." Because I was like, "I'm a blank slate. Just be creative. Do whatever you want." And he's like, "Oh, I can shave it," and I'm like. Hell no. Like, what makes you think I'm okay with that? And he's like, oh, I just, I really have always wanted to shave your head. Like, you asshole. I must have a nice skull under there. I don't know. I don't think that I could pull that look off, but I, I like, if anyone who can, I totally admire them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For doing that. Some girls, like, kill it. Yeah. If I yeah. could pull it off, I honestly think I would. You know what? If I, I was, get so sick of this look, stuff. If I was younger or older, because when I was in my early 20s, I did go down to almost shaved, right? Like I had really short hair for a long time, but I, I kind of figured it. I kind of arranged it where I was like, okay, I'm in my early 20s. If I just like keep cutting it shorter and go through all my crazy hair phase now, then when I'm older, I can just grow it out like a proper lady. <laughs> Oh, that's what my 20-year-old thinking was. But um, then, uh, yeah, so maybe when I'm, like, 65, then I'll re-enter that world of crazy hair. Because I kind of <laughs> feel like when you're in the middle, you got to be like, I don't know. Nah, you can do whatever the you fuck you want. You can do whatever I, you want. I, <laughs> I, just like, I just like being invisible with my average hair. Maybe one day I will shave it. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, sorry. I mean, it refuses to grow very fast, so maybe it just wants to be short. Um, So uh, she decided that she was going to do something about this. So she returns to Flint, Michigan to look up her old 
buddy, Damon, oh. who kind of looked out for her. And uh, she finds him working at some store, I think. Okay. And she's like, so do you happen to know the whereabouts of Frank Thompson? Yeah. And uh, and he's like, no. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, she basically... He's like, are you are you his mother? And she says, no. So are you are you his sister? No. And then she writes on a little note, "Be quiet. I'm Frank Thompson." <laughs> and uh, it took him a little bit to kind of like for it to kind of digest and, and realize that it was Frank Thompson that he was looking so at. Did he not believe her when she said she was a woman? Or is this a different guy? No, this this was not. This was like the first okay, guy, like the guy, the who's, guy. Okay. who was with her in the army. Okay, yeah. Who was uh, kind of looking out for her? Did he know that Frank had desertion status? Well, what? yeah, yeah. They okay. would have known that he was deserter, but um, he uh, he did believe he believed her after like just like like he had she had the same kind of like aura about her as Frank yeah. had and same height, um, same face. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of took him off guard Yeah, a little bit. Um, so what he does to kind of help her, uh, with this project that she's on, he begins a writing campaign to all their fellow soldiers and officers and anyone who had served with her as, as Frank Thompson telling them like, Hey, remember Frank Thompson? He's a woman and his name is Sarah Edmonds Seeley. And um, all this stuff and, and everybody was just kind of like supported her and they started this writing campaign and this petition uh, to get her recognized for her military status and to get a pension. This was her whole thing. She wanted a pension. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't a very large pension she was after, but she wanted her record cleared and she wanted the pension. Mm-hmm. So an act of Congress on July 5th, 1884, reverses her deserter status oh. and gives her an honorable discharge... Quote, for her sacrifice in the line of duty, her splendid record as a soldier, her unblemished character and disabilities incurred in the service, as well as a cash bonus and a pension of $12 a month. Wow. Which is how much to... You know, I didn't look it up. I imagine it's a few hundred dollars. Not, it's not overly huge. Um, But uh, yeah, so she and Linus eventually settled in Texas um, she was granted entry into the Grand Army of the Republic, which was um, basically the, uh, the Veterans Association of the Union Army. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some articles I read, or actually all of them, said that she was the only woman to be granted this status. But then when I actually oh. looked up the history of the Grand Army of the Republic, there was another woman mm-hmm. before her, a little before her, who was and who was granted entry too. But she had joined the army. Like when I, I kind of did a little mini dive, her name was Katie Caldwell or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't write it down, her name, because it's not about her. Oh, but okay, it's Katie something. Um, it, it Her story reads like um, she hadn't disguised herself. She had just kind of gone along with her husband and basically talked the uh off the generals into like letting her come alongside with her husband and uh but i don't think that she had like full like soldier status i'm not sure how that worked because they let her in even when he transferred and whatever um yeah 
Um, it was uh, kind of weird because then all these other women had to, had to disguise themselves. Um, and that's like besides the ones who signed up to be nurses and yeah. um, and do other like, and cooks and things like that. Um, so, yeah. So um, Sarah was grant the second female. Okay. And that was in 18, uh, I think that was 1886 or something like that, or 1890s. It wasn't very long because she, um, she was not in very good health, uh, just due to, you know, injuries from her time in the army and stuff like that. Um, so at 56, September 5th, 1898, her dog, Jack barked an alarm to her family that something was wrong. And I imagine like a little like Jack Russell type dog. Oh, Andy, come um, here. And uh, they found her in bed. Uh, she'd had a stroke and passed away. Aww. So she's still quite young, 56. It's not old. That's so young. Speaking of which, dad was 58 when he passed away, and that yeah. was 10 years ago 10 today? 10 years ago today. Yeah. Yeah. Too young. Too young. That's a good one. So um, she was first buried in Laporte, Texas, which is where she lived. Um, at the time of her death, she was later disinterred in 1901 and buried in the civil war veterans plot in Washington cemetery in Houston. Only female there to ever have that honor. Um, in 1888, she was inducted into both the United States military intelligence hall of fame and the state of Michigan women's hall of fame. And in Canada, she was elected to New Brunswick's Hall of Fame in 1990. I'm, like, going to cry. And I that cry at the end of all of these stories. Is Sarah Emma Edmund-Seeley. That is really cool. I like yeah. it. And I Good thought, one. like, total badass. Yeah. Like, if anyone deserves the title badass. That like, is, she's total. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that she actually, like, went the step further. She could have just lived her life, but she actually... Went the step further to clear her name and like yeah, and then on top of that, all she wanted was a pension and cleared name, and then on top of that, she gets all these honors for yeah. being so great. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, like most of the other women who who disguised themselves in order to serve were found out through various means, and then you know, they're arrested and go to jail, or you're Are kicked you out. Serious? Yeah. Arrested and gone to jail for doing what you're supposed to for, do and fighting for what you believe in and for oh my god lying I guess I don't know oh or cross dress I don't know what Clearly the crime was they did not get their phrenology done beforehand no no they didn't do that at basic um, at uh, they were not honest <laughs> induction into the army no just when you become a spy. Wow. Uh, so yeah, most of the women uh, weren't able to maintain that disguise throughout the entire uh, war. Some were, yeah. And uh, the ones who were found out later, I think, were more like more honored than those who kind of uh, were found out in the middle. But um, yeah, that's crazy. That's I had so I had cool. no idea who this woman was until yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> How'd you find her? It was another one of those like Instagram, Instagram lists. Instagram, just random. Yeah. History things. Yeah, cool. exactly. Cool. No, no. Actually, I think I Googled. Oh, okay. Canadian women or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, I think, whatever. She's probably on Instagram somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, there's a lot of like articles that out there about her and stuff like that. Not too much on in like terms of documentaries or podcasts or anything oh, okay. like that. So cool. Yeah. Very cool. 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 Yeah, if you enjoyed that story as much as I did. <laughs> like and subscribe it really helps us out and um also visit us on instagram at the badass broadcast and yeah as always see you next thursday see you next thursday